there's certain things that need to be done to find and fulfill your God-designed purpose for your life. Today, we'll be looking at five things that will help us know God's will. This message is the sixth in the series, Take Hold of True Greatness. The message is entitled, Know God's Will, Part One. Here is Pastor Dale O'Shields. If you have your Bibles, you can get them out, your teaching sheets, as we get ready to study this series we call Take Hold. I want to talk to you this morning and next weekend as well about knowing God's will for your life. How do you know God's will for your life? How do you take hold of God's will? What you take hold of in life and what takes hold of you is going to impact you either for success or failure. Your life is going to be determined by the things that you grab hold of and those things that grab hold of you, the passions of your life the things that really control your direction and your decisions. And one of the things that's important to grab hold of in life is purpose. And for the last several weeks, we've been talking about how do you get a hold of God's purpose for your life? What is that all about? And then uh, to understand the purpose of God for your life, you have to understand something about God's will for your life. Those two things kind of go together. You can't really grasp God's purpose without understanding something about the will of God for your life. And one of the questions that I'm often asked as a pastor many, many times over the years is, how can I know the will of God for my life? How do I know what God wants me to do with my life? Anybody ever asked that question before in your spiritual journey? I think all of us have. How do I know the will of God for my life? And what I want to help to do today is sort of demystify the will of God, because so often we think of God's will as something that's very hard to understand or grasp. How do we know it? How, do we, how are we sure that we really are living in it? And I'm going to help you today to understand, and next weekend as well, how you can take away all the mystery to the will of God uh, in, in large part and begin to just simply do some things that are important in your life, make some solid decisions that will help you to always live in God's will. Because I believe that God wants you to know His will more than you even want to know it. And so He is desiring to reveal that to you, but it really all is, it, it revolves around you making right decisions with your life. And so the will of God is not some mystical thing. It's about just making good, wise decisions in life, and God promises to guide you if you'll do the right kinds of things. And so I want to talk to you today about five decisions that you need to make in your life if you're going to live in the will of God, and I'll talk about five more of these next weekend. So here's what I'm going to say. I'm going to give you a guarantee from God's Word this morning as I teach you this weekend and next weekend, I guarantee you on the authority of God's Word that if you'll begin to practice these 10 things that we'll be looking at in these two weeks, I promise you that you will always be in the center of God's will. Isn't that a good promise from God's Word? You'll always be in the center of God's will if you will make decisions to do these things that we're going to be talking about. The first thing that's necessary if you're going to live in the will of God is you have to give yourself to God. You have to trust God with every part of your life. So give yourself to God and trust God with every part of your life. Now, here is somewhat of a rhetorical question, but I'll ask you to respond anyway. If you want God's guidance in your life, who must you have in your life? God. You can't expect to have God's guidance if you don't have God, okay? And so to have God in your life requires a relationship with Him, and to have a relationship with God, the Bible says it happens by faith, it happens by trusting in Him. 
We come to God and experience Him by faith. We put our faith in His character, in His nature, in His Word, in His Son, Jesus Christ. In fact, the way that you have access even to God the Father is through His Son, Jesus. When you and I put our faith in Christ, Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to God the Father except by Jesus Christ. And a relationship with God is all about trust. It's true for any relationship. The depth of relationship will always be determined by the depth of trust. The deeper the trust, the deeper the relationship will be. All meaningful, impacting relationships are founded upon trust. And the deeper trust you will have in God, the more experience of His mercy and kindness you'll be able to, to observe in your life, and the greater peace you will have in your life as well. So guidance begins with trust. Say that with me. Guidance begins with trust. I'm going to show this to you from a practical realm of life just for a moment. Do you remember, some of you will remember this, others of you may not because of your age, uh, but many of you will remember going back to the time that the first GPS systems came out. Anybody remember the first GPS systems, okay? They were in a box that you carried around with you. They were not integrated into your automobile, and so you would buy this box, and you would uh, hook it up, and you would uh, sometimes have the CDs that you would download and so forth uh, to get the proper directions for going different places. Well, I'd never had a GPS. My wife and I would never had a GPS before, and so we were in some place, we were traveling somewhere, and we were renting a car, and they convinced me at the rental counter to go ahead and rent one of these things called a GPS. I've never had one before, don't know how they work, and so they said, this will be great, you're in a city you don't really know, so use the GPS. You just put in the directions, and it'll tell you where to go, and I remember that we got into the car and put the GPS system in and turned it on, and this lady's voice starts talking to me, okay? and telling me where to turn. And I will tell you that from the very beginning, I did not trust this lady, okay? <laughs> because all the years prior to this, the only lady that had told me where to turn was my wife, okay? <laughs> she was the navigator. She was the one that held the map. She was the one that told me to turn after I'd already passed certain streets, okay? <laughs> and so, thank God for GPS. They've saved a lot of marriages, amen, okay? <laughs> But I didn't get this GPS thing. And finally, my wife says, honey, just trust her. She was happy because I was listening to another lady tell me what to do, I think is really what it was. And so I started utilizing the GPS, and I realized that, by and large, it's fairly reliable. It's actually gotten more reliable over the years as the maps have become more effective and satellite tracking and so forth has been more refined. But what I learned is there was a voice that I could trust. There was a voice coming through that speaker that I could trust because there was a road map, there was a system, there was something in place that was going to get me where I needed to be if I would simply trust and obey. And what I want you to know today is that God is far more than a GPS system, amen? God is God. He's a God that loves you. He can do, he, he's going to take care of you. He's a God that, that wants and desires to guide you. He's a God that sovereignly works in your life and providentially intervenes in your life to open doors for you and close doors for you. He's the God that gives you laws and principles from His Word that will help you to know what is right and what is wrong, what is good and what is bad, what is wise and what is foolish. You can, be, you can count on the fact that God desires to bring guidance into your life. 
life. And the writer of Proverbs lays this out very clearly for us in Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6. If you don't know these verses, I encourage you to memorize them, to get them into your heart. I'm going to ask all of us to read them together today, all of the campuses here at Gaithersburg, Frederick, USG. Let's all read together Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 aloud and loudly. Here we go. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to Him and He will make your paths straight. Notice the last promise. He will direct your paths. He will make your paths straight. He will give you the guidance that you need for your life. But what is the very first word in this set of instructions? In verse number five, what is it? Circle it on your notes. What's the word? Trust. Trust in who? Trust in the Lord, not in yourself, not in human people around you, but your initial trust needs to be in God, that if you will trust in God with all your heart, not try to figure out everything by your own understanding, but just simply learn how to submit your life to Him, acknowledge Him in all your ways, the promise is that He will make your paths straight. Every time you see in the, book of, in the books of, uh, of, of the gospel accounts of Jesus, every time Jesus had an encounter with, with people that changed their lives and calls, called them to a new dimension of understanding of what he wanted to do in them, it always required a response of faith and trust on their part. So what, it, what is God looking for from you and me today to guide us? He's simply looking for us to trust him. The second thing that's necessary this is a decision you have to make if you're going to live in the will of God. You have to stop worrying about where you, where you want to be and focus on where you are and what you have today. Stop worrying about where you want to be. Focus on where you are and what you have today. One of the best decisions you will ever make in your life is the decision to focus on where you are and what you have right now. So many people allow what I would call an attraction, a fantasy, a dream about their future to draw them away from their present opportunities and their present responsibilities. I want to show you how this messes us up in terms of guidance. The devil loves to, do, to play two tricks on, on, on us. Trick number one is to get you look, to look into your past. Because if he turns you around and makes you focus on your past, what has been and the mistakes you've made and all the regrets of your past, then obviously you live in condemnation and guilt and regret and all those kinds of things, and it leaves you looking backward. You're living your life through the rearview mirror. Not a good thing. But as surely as the enemy wants to get you looking out backward into your past, he also wants to get you looking too far into your future. Because he knows that if I can, if I, the enemy thought here, if I can pull them away from focusing on now and I can distract them with something out here or back there, then I can debilitate them right where they are in the moment. Because the part, place in life that you have the most impact and the most power to make a difference and the most power to grow is not back there or out there, but where is it? right now. It's right now in this moment. 
And so if the enemy can sort of enamor you or enchant you with some dream world out there and get you living in that world or worries and fears about something out there, he can cause you to become impatient and irritated with your present opportunities and do all kinds of things with you in the present that will hinder you from being the person that you need to be right now. And the wisest thing that you can do is to stop worrying about where you want to be and to begin to focus on what's going on in your life right now because that's the only thing you have any control over in your life is what's going on right now. Jesus taught us this principle in Matthew chapter 6, verse 34. Let's read this one together. Again, all the campuses, let's read aloud, uh, New International Version. Here we go. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Let me break this apart for you. Jesus said, therefore, do not worry. Now, the therefore is important. Anytime you see a therefore in the Bible, you always ask the question, what is it there for? Okay. Therefore. Therefore. That is, what's that there for? You go back and you read before, he's talking about the birds of the air not worrying about how they're going to be taken care of, the flowers of the field. And he says, if you'll seek first the kingdom of God, his righteousness, all these other things will be added to you. And so he says, in light of all the fact that the Father is going to take, take care of you, that he cares about you, therefore, understanding that he loves you and cares for you, therefore, do not, what's the word? Worry. Now, most of us are familiar with some of the do-nots of the Bible, aren't we? One of the most familiar passages of do-nots is called the Ten Commandments. Thou shalt not. Ten times. Thou shalt not. Thou shalt not. Thou shalt not. Ten times. But here is another do-not of the Bible. And we often don't put it in the same category of the other do-nots, but I will tell you, this do-not is just as important as all the other do-nots. And the Bible says, Jesus himself said, do not worry about tomorrow. Now, let me ask you, when is tomorrow? Tomorrow, okay? It's the next 24 hours that you're not living in right now, okay? Do not worry about tomorrow. Now, he's not saying that you should not take proper care and preparation for your tomorrows. That's not what it's talking about. He says don't worry. Don't let it become an anxiety. Don't let it become something that your entire focus is on. Do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. That is, that the thing, for, tomorrow is going to take care of itself because each day has enough of trouble or enough challenge of its own. So here's the, here's the preposition that we're getting here from Jesus, the understanding, the principle is if we take care of the right things today and become the right person today, our tomorrows will take care of themselves. Very important. So if you're going to live in the will of God, you've got to trust God. You have to stop living in your tomorrows. And then number three, the third decision you have to make to be in the will of God is to do your best with what you've been given. Whatever you've been given right now, do your best with it. Mastery at one level is the way to move to the next level. If you're going to move to the next level, you always master the level that you're at right now. 
If you want to go to class 201, you have to finish class 101. And from 201 to 301, 301 to 401, each one requires mastery at each level to move to the next level. And doing the best with where you are right now is the way that you find enlarged opportunities for your life. And a lot of people are looking for the enlarged opportunities, but they're failing to do the best with what they have right now in their moment. And so in your life right now, whether it be a job opportunity or a relationship or whatever is in your life today, right now, not tomorrow, but today. What does your world look like today? And what are you doing with what you have today? Because excelling in your now assignment is the way that you will prepare for your next assignment. Excelling in your now assignment is the way you will prepare for your next assignment. If you don't excel where you are right now, why would God even give you more? Why would God offer you more if you're not doing well with what you've already been given? I look back over my life and I think about uh, the work of God in my life to this point, what He continues to do in my life, and I realize that along the way, I'm so glad that God brought me to different places of development and held me steady until I got it at at the various levels. Because what I will tell you is that every level is essential to your next level. If you're not learning what you need to learn now, you'll not be able to fulfill the next thing that God wants to do in and through your life. And there are a lot of people that set a cap on their development because they don't embrace and do well with what they've been asked to embrace and do well with now. And many times what happens is people say, well, I don't really like what I'm doing now. I'm not passionate about what I'm doing now. Let me tell you something. You don't have to be passionate. You don't even have to like what you're doing now, but you still need to excel at it, okay? I have never met someone in the armed services that told me that they loved basic training. Oh, I just love basic training so much, I want to go back through it again. You know, basic training is not fun, and I'm sure most military folks will tell you that they were not, they were not very passionate about going through basic training, But is it essential to get you to the battlefield or to be ready to do whatever is the next assignment? Absolutely. And every step of training in life is valuable and important. So I don't know where you are in your life right now, but wherever you are in your life right now, you need to learn the lessons that you need to learn right now in this moment because whatever it is you need to learn right now is essential for you being able to go to the next level in your life with God. So excelling, I'll say it one more time, very important principle, excelling in your now assignment is the key that will prepare you for your next assignment. If you don't excel in your now assignment, don't expect God to give you more. Colossians chapter 3, verse 23. Work willingly, or another word we could say there would be excellently, same concept. Work willingly or excellently at whatever you do as though you were working for the Lord rather than for people. You get this passage here? Work willingly at whatever you do as though you were working for the Lord rather than for people. Let me ask you that on your job, just for a moment, think about it. If your next job uh, review came from Jesus, how would you be working right now? If you knew that in six months you're going to have another job review and you're going to sit down with an appointment with Jesus, He's going to actually give you the job review, how would that change the way you go about the work that you do right now? It should change our behavior. And that's, in fact, what the Bible says, that we're not working actually for people. We're working for the Lord. He's looking at what we do with what's been given to us. Luke 16, verse 10, Whoever can be trusted with very little can also be trusted with much, and whoever is dishonest with very little little will also be dishonest with much. So little faithfulness and little 
results in faithfulness in more. How you handle your current opportunities matters. Number four, we're talking about how do we discover, how do we live in the will of God. It's not a mystery. It's not mystical. It's doing, making the right decisions. The fourth thing is do what the Bible says to do even when you don't understand it. You want to live in the will of God? Do what the Bible says to do even when you don't understand it. Do not let emotions be your life guide. Let the precepts and principles of the Bible always guide your decisions. Here's a question for you. What is more reliable? What is more trustworthy? The precepts, that's the commands of God's Word or the principles of God's Word, the principles of the Bible, or your feelings? Which is the most reliable? Let's think about it for a moment. What's more reliable? What which can you count on, really, in terms of helping inform you of what you should do with your life? This or this? Always this, okay? And here's the problem. We live in a culture today, and the, the mindset of the culture in terms of guidance is follow your heart. Whatever you feel like doing is for you. Just do whatever you feel is the best for you, okay? Now, do you understand that as soon as we start saying things like that, there are a lot of qualifiers that need to come in here? A lot of qualifiers, such as, well, where is your heart, okay? What's going on inside? Now, if your heart is focused on Jesus and your heart is full of the Word of God and your heart is full of the power of the Holy Spirit and your heart is full of good, sound counsel from people around you, then yes, you might be able to have a sense in your heart as the Holy Spirit leads you of what you need to do. But if those things are not happening in you, you can't just follow your heart because your heart will lead you astray. I see people all the time that are led astray by their emotions. They're led astray by their feelings. And that's why you and I, have to separate what we feel from what God says. And living in God's will really is very simple. It happens when you and I make a decision. We decide to let God's Word become our guide, to let this book become the roadmap for our life. And we, so we say, God, this is what I'm going to live by, even when I don't feel like it and even when I don't understand it. Because there will be times that you will not understand this book or understand what this book is telling you to do. There are times you will not feel like it. For example, when you have someone that mistreats you in some way or says something about you or lies about you and you want to, you want to strike back at them in some way and then you read a Bible that says, bless your enemies and pray for those that curse you, you don't feel like doing that. You don't want to do You don't even understand many times why you should do that. But the issue is not whether you feel like it or even understand it. It's the fact that this becomes the roadmap for your life. And if it says do it, then this is what I'm going to do even when I don't understand it or I don't feel like it. If you have children, you ought to understand this because there are a lot of times that you will tell your children to do something and they will say, I don't understand that. I don't feel like doing that, Mom, Dad. And the response is, well, do it whether you feel like it or not. Why? Because I know what's best for you. I will tell you that little kids have no concept of why it's unsafe to play in the middle of the road. They have no concept. They think it's fun. Dodging cars has to be fun. We play dodgeball. Let's play dodge cars, okay? okay. 
They have no concept of how dangerous that is, but parents know how dangerous it is, and that's why you will say to a little child, don't go near the road, don't go past this point, because we give them instruction. Now, they may not fully understand it. They may not even agree with it. They may not like it. They may not feel good about it, but at the same point, there's an instruction that provides protection for their life, and God is the greatest parent of all. He's the great heavenly Father who loves us. That's why He gives guidance to us through His Word. I'm so grateful that He did not leave us on the earth without a guidebook, aren't you? I'm glad He gave us a book to live by, aren't you? This is the wonderful, wonderful thing called the Bible. Luke chapter 11, verse 28. Jesus' words, He replied, blessed. That word, by the way, means happy, fulfilled. It's the word makarios in the Greek language. Blessed, rather, are those who hear the Word of God and do what with it? Obey it. You hear it and obey it. The fifth thing, last point here today, if you want to live in the will of God, you have to listen to and learn from the wise, godly people placed in your life. Listen to and learn from the wise, godly people placed in your life. It's amazing how many people will make major life decisions without ever seeking any advice from a wiser, more godly person. They just make decisions willy-nilly never consult anybody to help them along the way. And I will tell you, the older you get and the wiser you get, the more you value and appreciate the wisdom of others. Amen? You get a little bit older, the more you value and appreciate the wisdom of other people. Because when you're young, you think you know it all. You think you kind of know a lot of things that you really don't know, and then over time you start realizing how much you really don't know and how much you understand the need of other people around you to provide insight and help along the journey. And so there's a wisdom that comes to us that is outside of us from the people God places in our life. And as a pastor, I work with people of all ages, all maturity levels, and it never ceases to amaze me. People who who really need advice the most usually ask for it the least. I mean, people that can really benefit. I mean, you look at the track record, look at things they're trying to do with their life, and they could really benefit from some wisdom, but they never ask for it. And on the other side of the coin, I see people who are already very wise, who will oftentimes seek wisdom out, even though they're already very wise and mature, because they've learned the principle, I get wisdom from people that are wiser than me or from people around me. I had someone call me not too long ago that I, asking for some guidance and wisdom, and my input into that, I thought, my goodness, I need to be getting it from you. You're asking me? Okay. But what I'm learning is that those kind of folks are the kind of folks that that are reaching out. They've learned the value of humility and teachability, and that's what's caused them to grow in wisdom. And the same will be true for every one of us here, that as we begin to say, God, I know you've put some people around me in my life as I'm making decisions, as I'm trying to to, to determine my life course. Let me listen to and learn from the wise people around me. Philippians chapter 4, verse number 9. Whatever, Paul writes these words to the Philippian believers. He loved this group of people. And he says, whatever you have learned or received or heard from me. Would you circle those words there? Learned, received, heard. Learned, received, heard. Say it with me. Learned, received, heard. Once again, learned, received, heard. He said, whatever you have learned from me, whatever you have received from me, whatever you've heard from me. And then another word there. What's the next one? seen in me, that is, I've provided an example by my lifestyle, what are you to do with it? Put it into 
practice. I've been an example. I've tried to be an example to you of wisdom. I hope you've learned something from me. I hope that you've received something from me. I hope that you've heard some things that I've tried to teach you. I hope you've seen some of the ways that I've tried to live out my faith before you. Now, put this into practice that is learned from these examples, and the God of peace will be with you. You know the reason a lot of, a lot of folks aren't walking in a good, solid sense of direction with the God of peace? They haven't learned anything in their life. They're not receiving much from, from those around them. They're not hearing God's word from people that can help them. They're not seeing good examples that they're looking to in their life, and so they're making decisions along the way that actually are detrimental, unwise decisions, sometimes even unwise godly decisions. So learn and receive and hear and see and put it into practice. Proverbs 19 verse 27, if you stop listening to instruction, my son, you will. What's the word there? What will happen if you stop listening? If you stop listening to instruction, what's going to happen in your life? Now, you know what the word stray means, don't you? It means that if you're on a path where you ought to be, and you stray, it means you suddenly find yourself off a path that you should be on. You're on another path that's leading you either to a dead end or to a very long detour. And my prayer for all of us today is that we would stay on the path. Amen? Stay on the path. Why? Because if you detour, you're going to lose a lot of time. I watch people that detour because they get off the path. They didn't seek the right kind of help in their life. They get off the path, and they, they waste days and months and sometimes years and sometimes decades of their life because they finally have to make their way back to the path after a straying process. And some folks never, ever make it back to that place they were at before because they failed to listen to instruction. So let's review today what we have there. Uh, we're going to continue this next week, but pull out your notes again. We're going to read all five of these together. Again, all the folks at USG and uh, Frederick as well. Let's all read all five of them aloud together. So if you want to know God's will, I mean, you want to know God's will, shake your head, right? You want to know God's will, here's what you hear, the decisions you make. Number one, read with me. Give yourself to God. Trust God with every part of your life. Number two, stop worrying about where you want to be. Focus on where you are and what you have today. Number three, do your best with what you've been given. Number four, do what the Bible says to do, even when you don't understand it. And number five, listen to and learn from the wise, godly people placed in your life. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for your word this morning. We're so grateful that you're speaking to us. And Lord, we know today that, uh, Lord, we're a people that want to live in your will. We want to discover our purpose, and we want to know what you want our lives to be and what you want us to do. And I pray that you will help us to, Lord, take these five principles, these five decision points, and really integrate them into our lives. Let them become a part of the way we live our lives and the decisions that we make every day. For that, we thank you in Jesus' name. Thanks for joining us for today's message. I trust that you've heard something from God's Word that'll make a difference in your life now and forever. Maybe as you were listening to today's message, God began to speak to you about a personal relationship with Himself. You know, the most important thing we can ever establish in our life is a relationship with God, and we do that by opening our hearts and lives to Jesus Christ. If you've never invited Jesus into your life, today is your day. It's your opportunity. I want to lead you in a prayer right now that you can pray 
that will forever change your life, that will allow your name to be written in the book of life for eternity. All you need to do is simply pray this prayer with me and mean it in your heart. If you'll mean this prayer, God will hear you. The Bible says that whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. So would you pray with me right now? Whisper these words to God or speak them out right where you are. Say, Jesus, just mention his name. Say, Jesus, I admit to you today that, that I am a sinner and I'm sorry, God, for everything I've done wrong. Jesus, I believe in you. I believe you are God's Son, the Savior, the Redeemer. I thank you that you died on the cross for me and that you rose again. I believe in you, Jesus. And then whisper this prayer. Say, Lord, today I invite you to come into my life, to forgive me of my sins, to give me a brand new start in you. I give my life to you today in Jesus' name. Lord, I thank you for those that prayed that prayer with me, and I ask that now they would continue to grow in you and serve you faithfully from this day forward in Jesus' name. If you just prayed that prayer with me, friend, I want you to know that Jesus Christ heard you, that your name has been written in that wonderful book of life, and that now today you start a brand new life in Christ. And to do so, you need some help. You need to learn how to live your life for Jesus every day. And we'd like to provide for you. In fact, we have available for you some resources that you can get from our website, church-redeemer.org, that will help you to get a good start in your relationship with Jesus Christ. So again, check out the website, church-redeemer.org. Find those resources that will help you to get going in your relationship with Jesus. If you've prayed with the pastor today and made a decision to follow Jesus Christ, we have some resources for you on our website. Just go to www.church-redeemer.org newbeginnings. We pray that this message was a blessing to you.